This is an episode from Twig's Stressless series for getting through wildfires and other natural disasters. You can find all the episodes at liberationispossible.org backslash stressless. One more stressless option from Twig here. You know, one of the things that can be helpful is a projection or a prediction or some awareness of the kind of things that can be anticipated from hanging out in the stress response for longer than a few minutes or a few days. These are pretty well-known things out there in the world nowadays. Not every individual knows them, but as as science and therapy and and national efforts come along, we've we've, you know, gotten a pretty good clue, pretty good collection of things that come about. One of them is hard for me to say, <laughs> and and it's uh, it's definitely the place that I think I should start, and that is to say that the stress response is an altered state. It's not at all normal life. You know, you you don't want to be in the stress response if you don't have to be. It's metabolically costly. It means that it costs the body a lot of energy. It puts the body, the gut, and the the heart, and the lungs, and all kinds of other glands, and, and hormones, and everything in the body. It, it puts it all at a very high expense state, and it's not at all something that you want to linger in for very long. And it really alters your thinking. It creates all kinds of neurochemicals chemicals in the brain that dictate and cull, meaning that they kind of cut out certain kinds of thoughts. Most of our thinking inside the stress response reiterates and refocuses on things that are dangerous, understandably. It's got to be attractive. It is attractive. And once it's been hanging around a lot, we focus on it. And when that happens, we don't hear and we're less likely to hear signals that say, hey, things are better, things are not as bad, things are actually good, or that was a good thing, that part of it. So that's one thing that happens. We focus on danger in our thinking and we tend to de-emphasize or neglect things that are more positive and restful and helpful. A second thing is that this altered state dramatically diminishes our ability to make broad, informed, nuanced decisions. We, you know, things become much more black and white. And that's good when you're running from, you know, something that's chasing you. And that's good when you're having to make a very simple order out of a very dangerous and complex thing. It's not very good if you take that kind of thing back into daily life and start trying to make decisions, particularly decisions around life-changing things, relationships, purchases, moves, job changes, all of those kind of decisions, those are big things. And those are things that we, we want to have a lot of time and a lot of maturity to be able to make. You know, sometimes it's totally obvious. Oh, I, I hate this. I got to leave this. And sometimes 
we can make those decisions too hastily when we're in the altered state of the stress response and overly influenced by its dynamics, which tend to be things that are negative. Why, why is this hard for me to say? Well, one thing is because, you know, I, I went out and got a new cell phone within a two-week window of when this danger happened. And what I always recommend is that you don't make any kind of major changes until at least two weeks after the danger has passed. You really got to let yourself get some time to get out of the altered state before you go spending a lot of money that you might not have. Now, I did that with the phone, just like so many of us did, because we had this major communication breakdown with one of the cell phone providers in the Valley. And so it's a it's a very sensible kind of thing. And I got to tell you, I wish I hadn't had to make that decision when I was stressed out. I stopped at the car lot the other day. I they, I saw a car that I really liked. It's really, it's just like a cute little car. And I'd, I'd really like that car. I can't afford that car. And, and inside the stress response, I could come up with some kind of magical thinking that that car could be the thing that is going to then help me feel better, and therefore it makes sense. And so because of that looking for feeling better, this purchase, this move, this change of relationship, this you know, conflict with my parents, whatever that, you know, this, this, this clarity with my ex-partner, whatever we might be looking for, best to save all of those big things for a little bit further down after we've had some time to quiet down and broaden out our thinking a bit more again. So out of the stress response, one of the things that happens is that we end up in this altered state where we justify our reality differently, we don't see all of the options as easily, and we tend to um, move toward decisions that we hope will kind of quell our just latent anxiety, and they're not always reasoned enough to actually pull that off. So, one thing you might anticipate is this altered state of your consciousness, and one thing you might do with that is try not to make any major decisions, moves, don't sign any contracts. If you can, if you haven't been thinking about it for six months before this event, don't sign any contracts until you've had a little bit of time to settle. The other things are a lot easier for me to talk about because they're just basic physiology. For example, the stress response, as we've as been pointing out, it's a very patterned kind of thing, and it has relationships between what happens in the body and what happens in the response system. In other words, in our behavior. If I'm running, there are very if I'm running away from a danger, fleeing, there are very specific things that are happening in my body to help me make that happen. I get a big flush of fear. I fear. I feel a lot of emotional fear. That fear is a kind of gasoline for my movement to help me say, oh, yeah, I really need to move here. The other things that go on are like my body gets tense. All of that tension is there to help my muscles have enough energy to act, to move. My heart goes faster. My breath goes faster. Uh, certain kinds of chemicals and hormones get released in order to facilitate all of this mobilization for self-protection. Another major thing that happens is I, I don't digest very much when I'm running like that. I mean, there's no need 
to digest if you're running for your life. So in fact, the body moves blood around our bodies in relationship to where it's needed. It moves it out, in this case, to the big arms or the big muscles of the arms and the legs, and it moves it away from the intestines. Now, when we go into other responses, uh, say the fight response, that one's a very similar kind of thing. It's an active, you know, up kind of state, but the emotion is different. We get agitated and we get irritated and we get angry. And if it gets intense enough, we get enraged and we want to bite things and our jaw gets really tight and we want to scratch things so our hands often get really tight and we want to kick at things and we want to punch and break. And and it's all about kind of like getting that aggression to do something that will make everything else get quieter and us get safer. On the other hand, sometimes it's necessary and sometimes it's just the fact that we've gotten into so much stress or it's lasted so long that the nervous system does this very kind of necessary but unfortunate thing where it starts to shut things down and move into that immobility conservation phase. When that happens, we tend to feel lethargic, heavy, unable to motivate, um, uh, ennui, like the sense of like nothing is really worth it. We can also feel emotionally numb, even physically numb. I don't feel myself inside. Uh, When this happens in a precipitating event, meaning like in the moment that something bad is happening, we often feel that we're kind of stepping out of ourselves as if as if our spirit is leaving our bodies temporarily, maybe because it's not safe to be inside of our bodies. So we kind of we kind of hover or or step away psychologically or or emotionally or spiritually. We kind of we take some distance. That those are all correlates or relational kind of things that happen inside of the immobility phase. There are lots of internal physical things that happen as well. The heart goes a lot slower. The breath goes a lot slower. The muscles get a lot less energy and so therefore feel a lot more fatigue. And the belly, whereas it wasn't digesting very well with the fighting and fleeing, now it just gets really stuck and really kind of locked in and really kind of pools the energy oftentimes right around the belly in a way that tends to shut things down, really shut things down. And the idea here is that the body is just taking some time to conserve energy, to not be seen, to hide, to catch up in a way until enough of the danger passes that we can come back out again. In the best of circumstances, all of these things move through relatively quickly. We run away, we get away, we get back to safety, we go through the completion process of the stress response, we settle down, we might have some of this trembling and shaking that we've referred to a little bit. We look around, we realize that we're safe enough, and lo and behold, we feel pretty normal. If everything is working as planned, we're going to go into these responses and come out of them. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Problematic, of course, when we linger there too long. And when we linger there too long, the nervous system, our bodies, gets kind of conditioned for using those different subsystems or different reactions extensively or excessively, and with it, 
the nervous system can become somewhat and quite confused at times on what it's supposed to do in order to come out. The consequence of this is that should we linger in the stress response too long, any of those different kinds of things that I just mentioned that go along with the active response of the stress response will in fact kind of leak their way into our daily experience so that we might feel more agitated than normal. We might easily be aggressive. We might find the tiniest little nuance in our partner or our colleague in order to bark at it. We might want to fight with every every injustice that we've seen in the neighborhood lately. We might really be kind of tuned in a way or primed and ready for fighting. Same thing with anxiety and fear, with the, with the sense of needing to flee, right? We might have the sense that, that danger is all around and that all it is is, 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 a, is a need to get away and that, and that maybe there's nowhere to go and that we're, we're constantly kind of on edge and agitated in a bit more of a fear kind of mode. Whereas on the other side, when the immobility phase becomes chronic or gets kind of concentrated and lasts too long, we can just have a really hard time motivating. We can have a hard time getting out of bed. We can have a hard time getting anything done. We can have a hard time feeling ourselves. We can have a hard time feeling like things are worth doing. These are basic and kind of classic examples of fixity in the three major responses of fight, flight, and freeze with a heavy emphasis on aggression and tension on the fight side, with a heavy emphasis on fear and and anxiety on the fear side, on the flight side, with a strong emphasis on on kind of thuddiness or or excessive fatigue and and emptiness on the freeze mobility side. With all of these, we don't digest very well. With all of these, we don't um, feel quite ourselves. And with all of these, our loved ones tend to get worried and concerned about us and don't quite understand why we said that thing that we said last night. It's really important for you and I and for our community to be aware that these are really basic reactions. The whole business about the autonomic stress response being an autonomic or automatic experience where the part of our bodies that control our longevity and our livelihood, like the the process of breathing, the process of pumping blood around us. We don't think about those things. Those are very involuntary. Those are the same, those are the same systems, involuntary, that once we're lingering in the stress response too long, will leak into our experience and influence our behavior involuntarily. So that we don't mean to be aggressive. We don't mean to be anxious. We don't mean to be numb, except that we are or we can be, particularly if we've been stuck in the stress response too long or been conditioned to it in previous experiences. What to do about these things? Well, you know, so much, so much to do. Like, do everything you can to 
reiterate the signal of safety, to repeat the signal that like you're not just danger, your situation is not just danger. That'll be one thing so as to help these things move through. Second is to have some sensitivity to this around you, that that like people are not, you know, people who are stuck in the stress response or who have been having to linger there a long time, they're not they're not actively out to get you. I mean, of course, there's some antisocial person out there who's just out to get everybody, but I don't know who that person is. They, most people are just kind of like either doing their thing and it's working out okay, or they're in some kind of distress that is then making them or influencing their behavior to push them in these directions of kind of being a little difficult to deal with. The more sensitivity that we have as a community to the fact that people are going to be going through these body feelings, these emotional feelings, these physical actions, um, and that some of these are going to linger, particularly for some people, for, for some time until they get a lot of settling, a lot of time to say, okay, this is not really going to affect me that much longer, until a lot of, until some folks get a lot of that signal. Some some people are going to be a little agitated and hard to, to hard to deal with. The more sensitivity around them, the better. Next, you know, if you notice yourself like acting out, uh, notice yourself really not feeling yourself. Notice yourself really, you know, kind of like why why am I acting like this? There's probably a pretty good reason for it, and maybe maybe originally you didn't think that this whole experience was that bad for you, and 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 that's great. I, you know, if that was the case, that's great. You know, the the less that this felt really bad for you, the better. And and if you notice yourself being kind of tweaked out, you know, why not why not get some help? Why not why not why not why not go over to Arrow Methow or Room One or or to your you know your chaplain? Why not why not go reach out and and just you know just say hey I just don't feel like I'm I'm myself I don't I don't you know I'm not saying that you need to go and you need to do emotional processing maybe that's not your gig and maybe maybe you don't need to go get a massage and 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 feel all warm and fuzzy from that you know maybe you just need somebody to go fishing with and be able to say, wow, you know, I just kind of need a little space. If you need that, it's going to be good to, to give yourself credit to take that because one thing that the stress response can do when it lingers is it can eat up relationships pretty quickly. It can make people overly sensitive. It can make people overly aggressive. It can make people undersensitive and unappreciative and when those things invade relationships and repeat themselves, they tend to eat the relationship and the people involved in them rather than find quiescence and get out of it. So get out of it being get out of the bad feelings and get back to the feeling of mutuality. As we go forward, there are going to be a lot of people in our community, and this is not weakness on their part at all, not weakness on their part at all. This is gravity. This is just the simple rules of biology playing themselves out that people who have lingered in the stress response, either because of this particular experience with the fires this summer or the particular experience of the fires this summer in combination with other experiences that they've had in the past, 
can easily make it so that any one of us at any one time might feel various different lingering symptoms of the stress response. And without the easy to appreciate reason for why I feel fear or why I feel danger, it can become very easy to kind of put that out into the environment around us and, like I say, eat things. No need to do that. Better for us to appreciate as a community, as families, as faith groups, as partners, as a valley of people that have all been in a mutually shared dangerous situation that many of us are going to have weird, wobbly, wangly oddness. And the goal is for everybody to be able to feel safer and better. And on the way there, some of us are going to act a little wonky. Best for those people, I'm going to be one of them, to get more support to get more time in a safe place, to get more opportunities for our bodies to calm down and to have a more neutral appreciation or a more neutral kind of thought about why it is that we're acting the way that we're doing. That neutrality is available. It comes from a simple awareness that just like other things in the universe, the stress response has rules. And some of those rules are that It influences our physicality and our behavior. Don't let that get you down.